For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. It is your number one procrastination tool on the internet. It is Chair Shot Reality 400 plus episodes. Here we are coming from the beautiful studios in downtown Pittsburgh at Point Park University. Chair Shot Reality on Wrestling Inc. Make sure you subscribe, download, and if you don't want to see this pretty face, you can always just listen to the audio version across iTunes and all the audio platforms. You probably will want to see her back. Queen of the silver screen, Miss Katie Arquette. Uh, you know, Summer just wasn't the same not having her on the screen. We've got her back here just in time. For the fall, how are you, lady? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. You're back. Juice isn't here. It's a great. I trade. know. Why? Why is he not here? Well, I'm I had very to, upset. I had to pick between one of you. Aww. And there was you. That works. There was you. <laughs> uh, Katie, we got a great top story to talk about. It's been what the wrestling world is buzzing about this week, and there's a lot of things to buzz about. Of course, there was a success of All In last Saturday in Chicago. Uh, big congrats to everybody involved with that. Uh, but even topping that, it comes out of the WWE world, and that is a surprise appearance by The Undertaker on Monday Night Raw, a holiday episode of Monday Night Raw, mind <laughs> you, on Labor Day Monday, as he confronts Shawn Michaels. They're doing the big build to Triple H versus Undertaker one more time in Melbourne, Australia. But yeah, some, one more one time. One more, just, just one. one. Just one. Just one more time. Better, you better watch it. You're never going to see it again. Never, ever. It's never, never going to happen again. again. Well, in the mix of them promoting to that match, it took like a detour of, 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 of Shawn Michaels saying, you know, all these legends are picking Taker to win, but, you know, Taker lost a streak. I know Triple H, is, he's tougher than Taker. He's going to be more cerebral. He's the assassin. And then Taker comes out and taunts Shawn. And the, just of it, and the gist of it comes down to Shawn saying, out of respect, I've never came out of retirement. I, I respect you so much. I've stayed away, even despite all the million-dollar offers I've had. And Taker goes, it's not out of respect, it's out of fear. Mm -hmm. So you know this as a wrestler. This is, <laughs> this is planting a seed 101, right, for oh, yeah. th they're not done, no, maybe? No, they're not done. He's going to come back. There's always, there's never a, an end of retirement. They're always going to come back out of retirement and spin something else up. And, of course, it's against 
The Undertaker. And of course, Undertaker made an amazing appearance on Monday Night Raw. Mm -hmm. And of course, Sean had to be there as well. And I'm excited to see what this one last time is going to be. Well, because one last time between Triple H and Undertaker, Sean said he's going to be in Australia. So that's usually hint, hint. He, he's, he's not going to get, not yeah, be at ringside. Oh yeah, he'll be at ringside. Either as just, you know, DX reunion, mm -hmm. or he's going to come out as specialty ref, or, you know, the ref's going to, something's going to happen and he'll come out. You know, and, and Sean is, it, it, it is accurate. He's turned down, you know, they, they've wanted him to do matches against Daniel Bryan, who he trained. Uh, AJ, him, he, he's openly said that, you know, him and AJ Styles was tossed around, and he hasn't, he hasn't done what so many others have done in, in terms of coming out of retirement. And the only way I could see this actually truly happening, him versus The Undertaker one more time, eight years later after the retirement <laughs> went down, is if Taker says, I'm going to have my last match and I want it to be against you. That's the only request that I could see Sean saying he couldn't turn down is if, is if the man that he respects so much in Mark Calloway and The Undertaker says, I want you to be my last match. Let's do this one more time. But uh, I, I can believe you know, that. that I can believe that that can be the one last time, especially with it being against him. You know, he had his chance, you know, 21 and 1, and he never, he wasn't that one, you know. So he wants that rematch if necessary. And Undertaker's like, you know what? I want you to be my last match, the actual last match. I could, and, and then, so then you go, okay, the venue, WrestleMania is the only, you think, appropriate place to do it, but, but as I say that, mm -hmm. they have all these one-off shows they're doing, the Melbourne Australia show coming up here, the Super Show, and it looks like they're going to be in, uh, involved for the next decade in Saudi Arabia. They did the, they did the show in Saudi Arabia this past, um, this past April, with mm -hmm. the Greatest Royal Rumble, which was huge for a lot of cultural reasons, um, and it looks like they're going to do it again. And so that, and again, they're getting a lot of money from the from the from the royal family over there. So that could be. I mean, maybe 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 this isn't a WrestleMania deal. The WrestleMania sells itself. Maybe this is a, a Saudi Arabia attraction that we're building to. Uh, I mean, at this point, anything's possible. Oh yeah, most definitely. Anything is possible, especially with the WWE. You know, anytime. Well, the last time, last like earlier this year when we talked about uh, what was it, the big battle royal or Royal Rumble? Crazy Royal Rumble. Yeah, it was across season of uh, yeah. a different country. Yeah, of course, Saudi they're going to make something this big and this memorable in a completely different side of the world. And speaking of, uh, we have to mention, speaking of coming out of retirement, how about your uncle, Uncle David Arquette, now David. back in a wrestling ring? I know. And go figure. RJ City drops me of his management, and, and he winds up with... So. My, my family, of course, you know, because RJ City, he thinks he's, you know, the lead role. Well, honey, I'm the lead role, and that's my uncle you're dealing with. He looks good, though. He does. For his yeah. age, he He's looks trying. good. He's, He's trying. back in a wrestling ring. If you haven't seen it already, go find it. David Arquette uh, had a match against RJ City in Hollywood uh, earlier this year, and yeah. then now they're tag team. They just tag team uh, in Chicago, so uh, who knows? There's maybe, more to come. Maybe they'll find their way <laughs> further east. We'll have to wait and see. All right, uh, that's going to be enough in this segment for Katie and I. Let's go down to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where we got to have Josh Eisenberg. Josh, I ask you, why? Why? Why in the world was SmackDown Live's main event The Miz versus R-Truth? Why? Why WWE do you think that's a great idea even though Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella saved it? But that's not my bigger why here. Why for four and a half months do you build a woman in the women's division on SmackDown Live as champion as a full-fledged heel where she's not getting cheered at all and that's exactly what you want? Why do you put her with someone who is genuinely liked in R-Truth? What's the point of having Carmella in the corner in that match for the sole purpose of only her being on television. That makes absolutely no sense to me. 
If you're gonna do that, if you're gonna put somebody in his corner, why not a Naomi? Nobody cares about her feud with Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. What about an Asuka? She has nothing else to do. Hell, make Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville faces because you can certainly use more faces on SmackDown Live. But no, instead of doing that, instead of making um, a logical decision, you make an illogical decision and make Carmella a face now? Why is she with our truth What does she care about the Miz and Maurice? What does it matter for the former SmackDown Women's Champion aside from trying to get that championship back? Why? And why, why in the world is Drake Maverick with the Authors of Pain? Anybody? Anybody? This is 205 Live, not 305 Live. I'm going to be optimistic though. I'm going to hold off for my extremely full, full-on blast judgment, but get him out of that ridiculous SWAT team suit. Drake Maverick looks like he's a little child in a man's world, and this is nothing against him because I think he's a great wrestler, I think he's a great personality, and he's been nothing but very entertaining as 205 Live Commissioner. But what's the point of the 205 Live Commissioner now on Raw carrying a team like the Authors of Pain to, well, realistically, they're probably not gonna be tag team champions in the near future, and people probably don't take them seriously because Drake Maverick is not an established manager. If you really wanted the Authors of Pain to be important, if you really wanted to build the Authors of Pain up more, I can name a lot of people. Paul Ellering, bring him back. He made sense. Paul Heyman, where's Paul Heyman going? I'd rather see Paul Heyman on TV each week with these monsters of destruction, maybe destructing a monster down the road. But why? What is the decision behind Drake Maverick leading two 300-pound monsters on the Raw roster whenever now he has to travel to Raw, he has to travel to SmackDown because 205 Live's at their SmackDown, makes absolutely no sense to me, WWE. Please explain this to me, why? And last but not least, why on SmackDown Live did it seem like there was a lack of star power? I know Brian in Philadelphia agrees with me. I know Brian in Sacramento probably agrees with me. I know all of the CSR fans. Well, that was only two. Probably that's enough. Anyway. But why in the world would you not have Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy, albeit great video packages? Why would you not have AJ Styles or Samoa Joe in a match? Why would you not have Shinsuke Nakamura being a relevant part of this? Because he is your United States Champion and you're trying to do something with Nakamura with his mid-card championship reign with the United States of Nak America. I think it's a great idea, but you're not putting those guys on TV. You're putting our truth on TV. You're putting two, three, four segments of women, no offense to the women whatsoever, on TV. And you're banking. You're banking on a tag team tournament, another triple threat match to be the match on SmackDown Live to carry the two-hour show. There are a lot of good things on SmackDown. Charlotte and Becky, fantastic. I loved it. Oscar saving Naomi, okay, I'm fine with that. No big deal, it is what it is. But why would you not have Shinsuke Nakamura in a match? Why would you not have an opponent picked out for Shinsuke Nakamura, especially when Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton are too occupied with themselves? If you really wanted to do something in particular and really something more impo important, have Shinsuke Nakamura go back to being a face. Have him save Jeff Hardy. They're more comfortable styles together than Nakamura and Randy Orton's, but I'd love to see a heel Randy Orton versus a face Shinsuke Nakamura. That makes more sense to me. But instead, instead you're taking Nakamura off of television, you're making people forget it, you're taking all the steam out of his engine, even though there's not a lot of steam left right now at this point, unfortunately, for one of my favorite people. But why? Why not put Shinsuke Nakamura on TV each week? He should be one of the three pieces on SmackDown that are either in a match or in a segment every single week. I don't care if he can't speak English as well as people need him to. His entrance, his aurora, his music, everything about him should be on SmackDown. Do not take him off again. Why? In my eyes, WWE 
wasted a huge opportunity on creating a very compelling and deep, full storyline this past Monday on Raw. In my eyes, I always think that, you know, distance makes the heart grow fonder. Not seeing somebody for an extended period of time always wants you to have that person come back into your life. And that's what WWE should have done with Kevin Owens. The Kevin Owens I quit two weeks ago was shocking, was stunning, and we had no idea what was going to happen. But they wasted it whenever he attacked Bobby Lashley this past week on Raw, whenever he was meditating with the modern-day Maharaja. Now, this is interesting to me because Kevin Owens is a guy that always attacks but never needs a reason to do so. So I get why potentially he targets somebody like a Bobby Lashley. But instead of Kevin Owens being the same old song and dance we've seen for the past year, year and a half, ever since he dropped that Universal Championship before WrestleMania 33, Kevin Owens has been desperately in need of going back to his prize fighter, I will fight anybody, anytime gimmick that got him over in WWE when he first debuted on the main roster in his feud with John Cena. Kevin Owens now can still be a heel, can still be somewhat cowardly, but why not have Kevin Owens as a heel that has a little bit of balls, has some energy, has some emotion, and has some unpredictability? Maybe one week on and coming back, Maybe it wasn't unpredictable. Maybe people thought it was going to happen, but people wanted it to not happen. They wanted Kevin Owens to take some time away, maybe three weeks, maybe six weeks, maybe come back right after the Super Showdown or go to the Super Showdown and cause a big story out of that to carry into Survivor Series. But in my eyes, WWE, like they always do, are booking week to week and feel like they can't go a few weeks without Kevin Owens. They can go a few weeks without Kevin Owens. They can go a few, a few weeks without having him thrust into a storyline, thrust into a feud that doesn't have any backbone, doesn't have any meaning, doesn't have any relevance. That's exactly what they just did with Bobby Lashley. It's not a foul to Bobby Lashley whatsoever because Bobby Lashley is a fantastic athlete. He lacks some personality at times, but I like seeing Bobby Lashley back in WWE, but there needs to be more from him. And in my eyes, Bobby Lashley and Kevin Owens is not the right feud for Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's best feud could have been with Brock Lesnar. Bobby Lashley's feud could have been better with Roman Reigns. It could have been much better if he was not talking about his sisters in the feud with Sami Zayn. So in my eyes, none of these guys benefit from this. Bobby Lashley doesn't benefit. Kevin Owens certainly doesn't benefit by doing exactly what he's done in the past year and a half, be complacent. If the writers really want to see Kevin Owens succeed, which everybody does because he deserves it, he's one of the best wrestlers on that roster, you got to give Kevin Owens back to his origin, back to his roots, back to his badass heel persona because no man on that Raw roster has it. I don't count Braun Strowman as a heel, so Kevin Owens, no other heel has that. So in my eyes, WWE had a big, wasted opportunity. Wrapping up the binge playlist here on Wrestling Inc. It is Chair Shot Reality. We are at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh. Any of you looking for education, come to Pittsburgh at Point Park University. You can work in all the various wonderful programs they have. Katie Arquette, Justin Labar, uh, we're wrapping up here. And let's talk all things women, Miss Arquette. Uh, first off, let's talk Ronda Rousey because you just can't have a conversation about women's wrestling in WWE. And not uh, thank Ronda Rousey. Well, she's one of the <laughs> champions. She's the focal point right now. Uh, she is the Raw Women's Champion, uh, won it at SummerSlam. And, you, you know, we have so, you know, we have, we have Hell in a Cell coming up, that we have the All Women's Evolution show coming up in October. Then you start thinking, 
Royal Rumble, you start thinking WrestleMania. And she's a champion, and there's all kinds of, you know, there's obviously the inevitable that she eventually is going to have to fight Charlotte. That seems like that's one of those, mm -hmm. you know, pairings you have to put together, dream matches, so to speak. Right. But I ask you this, and I can't figure out. I, I really can't see Ronda Rousey. I can't see anybody, not even Charlotte. I can't see anybody beating Ronda Rousey and taking the title. Like, I can't picture it at all. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm talking, like, well into 2019. I can't see it. Oh, yeah, I 100% agree with you. There's no way Ronda isn't going to be champion for, for at least the next year. There's no way she's not going to. She is dominant. She's proven herself when coming into this business through the WWE, and she's made an incredible um, progress. I mean, she's Raw's champion. And, of course, we're going to want to see Charlotte and her at some point. And, you know, Ronda has done very, very well, and I, I'm excited to see what else she has to bring. Well, not just... You know, not just you know, raw, becoming a raw champion and, and, and doing well, but I mean, you, you know this from going from training to now, you know, working regularly. You know, there's a certain, you know, there's a certain uh, uh, initiation, so to speak, the pain, the dues is, is the common phrase, and she's doing it. Not not only, she, I mean, obviously she's coming over from having a you know huge career in the UFC and being a Hollywood star, but she's not she's not taking the Brock Lesnar treatment. She's working house shows. She's showing up to every TV, even if it means just a promo segment. I mean, she's doing all the things that you need to do, and, and every every everything that's that's getting out there on the internet, you know, which you can take for a grain of salt. But even even that I can say firsthand for people I've talked to that are there, I haven't heard a bad word about her. Everybody's saying she's doing all the right things. Oh yeah, she wants to make a good impression. And the thing about it is, wrestlers everywhere, indies, professional, it doesn't matter. They think that when you're done training, you're done with your dues. You're not. No. You are always paying your dues. You should always pick up a chair for a ring crew. You should always arrive early. You should always shake everyone's hand. And she's doing that. And she's going the extra mile by doing house shows and not going out the Brock Lesnar yeah. way and, you know, coming in every once in a while. She is earning her spot because she did only have, you know, the same amount of training as, you know, I would have. And, you know, I'm in the Indies and working my way up. But she she got this incredible opportunity because of the career she had prior. Mm -hmm. And she's only continuing to prove why she deserves to be here as well. Now, all of a sudden, Nikki Bella has popped back up. Both the Bellas. Mm -hmm. Nikki Bella has popped back up, and she's in every segment now with Ronda Rousey, and they're besties, and they're taking selfies, and yada, yada, yada. Girl talk. Girl talk. <laughs> but this all is coming about right at the same time where, you know, evolution, you know you're going to have the Bellas. They, they've been around WWE for a long time, so they deserve to be part of this. Ten years now. They deserve to be part of this, you know, historic all-women show coming up in the end of October. But there's a lot of chatter that Nikki Bella might be who Vince ultimately has in his mind and his vision as Ronda's opponent at this event, which I look, I like <laughs> Nikki Bella and I, and I don't even hate on the Bellas. I think that they've actually, if you look at where they were when they came in 10 years ago, they've, they've made a ton of improvements oh, in a yes. lot of different ways. No, they're not the in-ring uh, performers that, uh, you know, technically that, uh, you know, Charlotte might be or, or Natty they're, they're might be. They're entertainers. They're memorable. Right. Yeah, exactly. The, there are, when their music hits, you cut to the crowd. There are there are young girls. There are people that, that that they matter to. So they have a value. But when you think about okay, all women show, I guess she's just not the first opponent people think of for Ronda Rousey right. for for a title challenge. I'd I think it's because Nikki Bella, like, you know, the Bellas have made their comeback, you know, the way that they went out, Brie wanted to start a family, Nikki with her injury, and you know, that 
there was no ending. They were coming back regardless. And now is the time. And I guess because, you know, they just celebrated their 10 year mm -hmm. being a part of the WWE. And I guess they think that Nikki Bella's that top dog. Like, well, she's coming back. We need to put her with the best that we have right now. That's probably where their minds are. Not so, oh, we want to see Charlotte and Ronda. No, no, no. They want to give it to the person that is come back and has been there the longest. You see, I would have, my pick, and it's still going to happen, it's not official till they make it official, I, I would put Ronda versus Natty. To me, you know, you, you not, Natty's been the best friend, there's a perfect chance for a heel turn here to have a great story to tell uh, of, of Natty being so frustrated that Ronda comes in and has stolen her spotlight and, 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 and et cetera. And again, Natty, you know, Natty, she, she, she's, she stuck around through the diva years, through, mm -hmm. the, through, the, through the pillow fights and the bra and panty matches and all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, so having the fact that she was able to stick through that and beat that, she really, in a way, symbolizes this revolution more than anybody. So to me, that's the perfect opponent to put her, put Ronda against. Now, Natty. I 100% agree with you. I was just telling you why I think the WWE thinks yes. that they think Nikki and Ronda should have this match. But I 100% agree with you. I think it should be Ronda and Natty. They've been best friends, like you said. You, she's been. They've been by each other's sides, ringside this entire time. It would make sense to have it, you know, kind of how when Bliss and Nia Jax mm -hmm. were besties, and they're not so much anymore. And it 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 stirred something very interesting for the crowd to remember. So speaking of Alexa, we're starting to get uh, a little bit of leaked information, whether it's WWE's social media, whether again it's other. Um, uh, information leaking to the cracks of, of some of the some of the fun matches they're going to do at Evolution. They're definitely making a habit to bring uh, bringing back uh, women from the past mm -hmm. or who just aren't currently in the company and putting them up against current. Uh, Alexa versus Trish is one. Lita versus Mickey James is another one. I personally would rather see Trish versus Mickey James to relive that wonderful Mania yes. match. But I digress. <laughs> Katie Arquette, if you're on Evolution, who do you want to face? Lita. You want Lita. I want Lita. I love Lita. She's the she is the biggest reason I wanted to get into wrestling. She's been my favorite female wrestler because Kane is my favorite. It was a love at first sight, first wait special raw moment. But hang on. Wait, we'll get back to Lita. Kane's your favorite? Kane is my favorite. I don't think you've ever told me this. Yes, Kane is my favorite. I'm full of secrets. Kane, I was probably 10, and my sister was watching Raw, and I saw he was the first person I saw come out, and I, it was head over heels. Wait, <laughs> you're 10 years old, and you're attracted to the guy who's supposed to be like th 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 this dumb, this guy burning a fire who's, who's straight from hell? Like, this I is, was 10. I didn't what know kind of what guys story. Did you date? I didn't know what story he was. What? I didn't know his oh. character. I just knew that I was like, I like him. I don't know why, but I do. And I've always loved him. Ever since I've wanted to go to Raw and watch Kane wrestle, I still have not been able to do that. Are you, are, do you still find him uh, attractive now that he's I never thought he he's, was attractive. Well, no, I no, was no. 10. Are you, but now he's mayor of <laughs> Knox County in Tennessee. He's got he's got rid of the mask. He's wearing a suit. I mean, is he still your favorite now? He's still my favorite. Man in a suit, my man in power. My childhood favorite. My childhood favorite. Yes. I When I saw Triple H come out, I'm like, he's spitting on himself. That's just dumb. And then my sister kicked me out of her room, and you I need to, to wrestling. We need to, we need to have, we need to like make this a regular <laughs> segment, like what secrets you, you do have. All right, so back to Lita. Back so. to Lita. <laughs> so you're still working on the moonsault. Yes, I'm still working on the moonsault. Like I said, she's been one of my favorites, and one of the reasons I've gotten into wrestling. And I still, I want to be able to do her moonsault. It's incredible. It's scary, and you think, you know, every time she nails it, and that's, I envy that. What's been the What's been the spot or move you've done so far in your career that you're the most proud of? My spear. Your spear? My spear. No one's kicked out of it yet. Oh. So. All right. 
Well, fun fact for all of you looking to fun make conversation fact. with Katie Arquette. You can check her out on social media and you can uh, talk about her spear, cane, whatever else uh, may come to mind to start the conversation with her. Follow her all over social media. Follow all of us, Chair Shot Reality, every single weekend on Wrestling Inc. Binge watch a playlist, tell a friend, leave a comment, subscribe. Do everything you have to do. You can't get enough of us. We'll be back next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.